Some podcast listeners, welcome to Coffee Moaning. Morning! Where we moan, where we groan, where we have a giggle, where we just hang out. I hope you so enjoyed welcome. Vlogmas. Anyone who doesn't know what Vlogmas is, Vlogmas is our daily reality show as the run up to Christmas. Welcome to our stepladder. How, how did neither of us notice there was a stepladder? Because I've missed our stepladder. It used to be a, f- a regular feature in our family. <laughs> And now it's back. I and didn't back see Vlogmas last night. <laughs> it was out. a dump, dump, dump moment as was we it? touched the the blinged door handle to seduction. Oh. I'm not going to fully show them what you got up to. It was oh, it's unforgivably. We went to the sauciest hotel in London, yeah. apparently. Tattooed gorillas, no less. Mm. So if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, check out Vlogmas 5. Whew. Anyway, no, but I'll tell you what was really nice in there. Really nice, lots and lots of um, lots and lots of lovely, lovely lights of Covent Garden, and my God, it was busy. My um, God, it was busy. And did we move on a bit with the Swiss Chalet war? The Swiss Chalet has got as far as a Christmas tree being brought through the door. Oh, yeah. Because obviously we're a bit further along than that. And and Dina calling me a silly little man. But things are moving along in other ways too, guys. So don't you fret. It's not entirely. A one-way street. Mm-hmm. Revenge is sweet when it's silent. No, it's so rubbish. What is it? it? Revenge is sweet when it is cold. Cold. Well, it's beginning to look a lot like, like Christmas. Christmas. Everywhere, Everywhere we go. go. <laughs> Toffee is incredibly festive this morning. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, okay. So a bit later, we are going to be talking about climate anxiety stick with us on that i know a lot of people see that as a turn off but we promise not to be boring and boris has said sorry well the news is breaking right now boris has headed into the covid inquiry uh he's had protesters saying the dead can't hear you incredibly powerful words the radio all morning has been people phoning in with the hypothetical questions they'd like to ask of him um so yeah boris johnson is as we speak in the covid inquiry i want to talk briefly also about donald trump Trump has been on the hustings again. He's been slagging people off and he's not happy. He's got some real home truths <laughs> <laughs> to tell us all. Um, and we're going to talk, this is a really interesting piece, this. Uh, Drinking like a baby boomer. This is about a Gen Zedder who decided to, she, uh, who, who is a self-declared essentially a teetotaler. If you drink twice a year, you're a teetotaler, aren't you? Um, who decided to drink for a weekend like you would, or I would have. Back it's in a baby the day. boomer. You are a baby boomer. I'm not. And we're going to talk about the dilemmas of a Christmas tree. How to get it home, where to put it. Or as Dina, Dina has approached last night, was just smash through your front door and insult everyone. <laughs> well, let's start with Christmas trees. Then, yes. And okay. then work our way through it. So I, I just want to ask you one thing. And this is slightly back referencing our Vlogmas because I'm hearing and I'm feeling, I don't know if anyone else is here, for those of you who aren't watching Vlogmas, it's it's shaping up into a hashtag save the village, because Nadia and Dina don't want a snow village, I do, uh, versus keep the chalet, which is, of course, what they're endeavouring to construct in the hallway and in the garden. But here's the thing. I've noticed certain red lines in your Christmas spirit or approach to Christmas have totally changed this year in a way that you've had inflexibility in previous years. So, for example, you've always said no, 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 no to a real Christmas tree. But now it's changed. Why? Well, that's because we've done the Swiss chalet. So I, don't get me wrong. Well, hang on, that's I, not a reason. I love a, a real village. tree. Oh. I love the smell of it. 
I love the look of it, it's gorgeous. But it wilts really early because we start Christmas very early. We're a 1st of December Christmas people, so it's usually a bit dead. As you can see, dead. behind us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's usually a bit dead on Christmas Day. And also, I really like that American look a bit laden. We've got so many gorgeous Christmas decorations. Right. I love a really heavy. Soon as you put anything with any weight on a real Christmas tree, it sags. So we could have a real Christmas tree, but you just have to have very light baubles on it because there is nothing for me more depressing than a real tree doing that. It Honestly, it depresses me. I think me. you've been slightly kind of gaslit by the Norwegian tree in, in Trial Square. I don't think all fresh tree. Dina's always had a real tree. Yeah, but she doesn't put heavy... We, most of she our decks... Right, she puts candles on hers. Very light. Most of our decks could not go on a real tree. I'm telling Babe, you now. Have you seen Christmas trees since circa 1976 when you last had one? They've changed. They've come along. And... Out. What the hell is going on with why they don't smell anymore? Oh, look, N Natasha Milton has just said, I would give pay good money to have a branch of, of Christmas tree that smells. That sm it doesn't smell anymore. So for me, well, I've just bought these things that you hang on the tree that are supposedly make them smell, but we'll see. What, like moth catchers? No, they're just like little green sticks. You don't see them. You just put them into the tree. But why don't they smell? It's they've taken... The smell out, is it because now they don't drop needles so much? Is it something that they've done, they've I, mucked about with them, and so now they don't smell? I wonder if it's the same reason that so many grapes don't have pips. Oh, yeah. look. What do you think? M M milk honey, yeah. her tree smells, smells really, really strong. Right, what kind of tree is it? You what make need... is it? Where did you get it? Because I need a tree that smells. Okay, look, can I give you an answer? Yeah. Don't go to Lidl. No drip, no drop, no smell. That's what it is. See, it's like a grape without pips. So we've got to look for, we want the, so you either have a bear tree with no needles and then it smells. Right. Or, or you, you have needles or, and no smell. Or you get one nearer to Christmas. So maybe we get one, you get a real Christmas tree. Well, a lot of, some of the Christmas trees you can get are already still in pots, aren't mm. they? So they're growing. Mm. Is our pine needles dangerous for dogs? Are they dangerous for their paws? That's, that's one that of was the, the other thing when they were also, younger. So this, that's one of the big questions. That, I'll get it, I'll get it. That yes. was one of the other things when they were younger dogs. That's why we stopped. See, you know, dogs can get... I mean, dogs can get things like, um, uh, you know, grass seed, can't they? It can be grass seed, it can be wheat seed, you know, if they run through a field. Can do dogs struggle with, with tree pines, pines, uh, pine needles? Um, AI hey, what is it screen. about the carrying? The anyway, so the this isn't a story, but apparently one of the things that's kind of making a lot of people laugh online is how do you carry, how do you get a tree home? What's the best way? There's nothing more emblematic or sim symbolic of Christmas, is there, than a dad or a mum walking across a road with a woolly hat on and a tree on their shoulder. Because we've had millions of Christmas cards that look like, we've got movies that look like that, but the reality of that is you're going to... Injure yourself. Well, the really you, you injure your back, your eyes, your ears. It's all these that? romantic ideas of Christmas. Worse than that, you look like you've been lacerated. Yeah, by don't do it. Don't try and put it on your shoulder. Well, I want to. I <laughs> want to the I want to create the quintessential Christmas no, tree. No, you always want to do that. I think. Can I be really, really honest? Yes, of course you can. Well, you always are. I don't know why you ask. Ever. I think if you were to come in with a Christmas tree on your shoulder, I think there's a huge risk that I will get the ick. Oh my god! And I tell you why. Why? Because it will be too constructed, too self-conscious. 
What if I came in? Because you'll be in... trying to be a He-Man and it will. I will find it ick. I'd be too obviously going for big dick energy. Yeah, and then that's the ick. How about... You have to have natural big dick energy. Hey, well, okay, I know where my natural big dick energy is. <laughs> Mark! Well, I Don't! Haven't, I haven't said it yet. No, because we know what you're thinking. What am I thinking? I'm not saying it's it. It's got nothing to do with pine up. You get what I did there. Um, I would... Maybe me struggling through the door, lacerating my face, <laughs> whilst wearing a fisherman's jumper would win you over. You like a bit of comedy. But if you then moan because you've got needles in your fisherman's jumper and you started scratch, scratching and moan, you could break the power of the fisherman's jumper. Forever. So oh, be careful. I could poison the waters of it. Really? really don't overuse the fisherman's jumper and incorporate it into other things where you could possibly set yourself up to fail. We established in the vlog, uh, in Vlogmas <laughs> last think, night. I think if I were you, I would stay away from carrying a tree. Okay. I think there are so many pitfalls to Isn't it. Isn't that odd? I would have thought, okay, can I, let's do a poll here. This is an important question. <laughs> this we is need a to very ask important it. question. Uh, is, is Pine a needles man, needles will stick no, in a Hang on, let me finish reading. A, Don't, oh, oh no. Mads. Don't talk don't over do, me when I'm well, trying no, to read. I'm not doing it. Is a man carrying a tree? All right, shush. I was trying to read something. Oh, I can't now. It's gone. Why have you suddenly kicked off? Well, if you stop fiddling with things. But I was reading something out. You went, here's a poll. I didn't you know just... you were reading because you don't stop talking. So I just thought, well, maybe you'll just carry on talking. Right. Hang a man on a minute. Carrying Can a we tree? just address the fact that you think I never stop talking? <laughs> oh, my God. Right, there we go. Important question. Go on then, say it. Does a man carrying a tree give you the ick? Well, that's a stupid question. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I've had it. It's got to be. Does a man carrying a tree in a particular way? Because it's the way they carry it, isn't it? I mean, if you saw him coming in, trying to pretend it wasn't hurting him, but you knew it was hurting him, would that or would that not give you the ick? It would give me... <laughs> uh, Natasha Milchin, man carrying a tree sounds like a Russian painting. <laughs> oh, you can see. No, I've got the ick. Thank God. Oh, my God. And now you've dropped your reading glasses, so I've got to double it. I hate you. That's not nice for people on podcast, is it? Oh, look, the vast majority say no, Nat. What about a lumberjack shirt and a tree? A tree or a... Is that an ick or is that a four? What is it Ask for that? you? What is is it a lumberjack you? shirt carrying a tree a four or an ick? Well, okay, the majority say carrying a tree doesn't give, give you the ick. What? Even if... Yeah, because you asked the wrong question. I did. What is the question you're now asking? In a self-conscious way. If you just manage to just carry it in... Like, without any needles sticking in you. Is then... a man carrying a tree with lumberjack shirt what? <laughs> an ick, a four, or an ick. Four spelt P-H-W-O-A-R. Four. Or an ick. Ick. And I have to write four again. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to write that today. Ick. <sighs> I am really interested in this. Well, I'm interested to know what you think. Is a man carrying a tree with a lumberjack shirt? I think 
if there was right, okay. So say you said, mm -hmm. "I'm going to go and buy a tree," mm -hmm. and you went upstairs and you put on a lumberjack shirt. Yes, that would be a nick. Well, of course, but, even I would find that But if you happened to be in a lumberjack shirt and I said to you, oh, God, when you go to Sainsbury's, can you get a hang tree? On, hang on, hang on. And you walked in with it, I would go, oh. This, you've completely ADHD broken this question down into a weird <laughs> place. You asked, what did we ask? We asked, let's get it, let's get it up. James Is a man carrying a tree with a lumberjack shirt a four or an ick? You didn't have as a, have as a caveat to that question that I went upstairs to put a shirt on first or already had a shirt on and not having got the tree. Well, if I happen to walk through the door with a tree and a lumberjack shirt on, what would you do? Would you go, let's get to your pine sap, matey? <laughs> or would you say, get down the end of the garden and get into the chalet that we've built? What would you say? What does it do for you? Four or Faye yeah. said, this conversation gives me the ick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, somebody's entered something else. What about a man cutting down a tree? Wow. Well. I did that. Well, you've got something coming to you about that on Vlogmas. Anyway, moving on. Oh, that really wasn't four. Because I looked at her after. No, don't, don't tell them too much. Because there was hope for you at the beginning that it might have been four. But it collapsed. Shakira Bard says, Nadia doesn't like a try-hard, you're doomed, Mark. Try less hard. Or try hard without me seeing. <laughs> that actually looks like we've got that now as Thanks, our decoration. Na Thanks, Natasha. Natasha Milton says, some of us would quite like to see Mark at our door with a, with a Christmas tree. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I always say I'm up for any swaps for a man that can do Why some DIY. Why are you DIY? very keen to swap me? Because That's that's not very nice. This doesn't feel good. It doesn't work with myself. Okay, if you could swap me, yeah. what would you swap me for? Um, what do you mean, what would I swap? You've just what said you'd swap I... me for another... No. Someone... I would swap you for a DIY man. Okay. Well, maybe... What would you swap me for? It's uh, a good question. I don't think I would. Oh, you the clever boy. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, but it's true, you are stuck. I am stuck. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't answer. <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> How did we get here? You can't answer because I deliver everything. I'm in a man in a hole. What do you mean you deliver everything? What do I do? I'm an all-rounder. Yeah, ish. <laughs> Where do I not deliver on the round? We'll share well? that for the next How to Stay oh, Married. Oh, bollocks, you're trying to pretend now because <laughs> you've not got a stick. There's bloody, there's bloody tumbleweed flying through your brain. No, Lisa's Obviously. husband isn't a DIY man. <laughs> He's not. No, Lisa all. is very DIY. Yeah. Could swap Mark for Lisa. Yeah, all right. <laughs> bloody hell. Well, anyway, you're going to see about swapping at the uh, hotel vlog tonight, I tell you. Uh, um, Zoe adds carrying a tree to my ick list. <laughs> Isn't that so, weird? Now, now, every one of you, the next time you see somebody carrying a tree, you're going to have deep thoughts about it. Well, here's, uh, we haven't got any photos of these, but some people are, uh, are transporting trees in on their um, e-scooters. That one would give me a complete ick because he's a blithering idiot. Now, I have to say, looking, I'm just looking at an image now. You can pull up any one generically online of a man with a Christmas tree. It does look patently ridiculous. So this guy is on an e-scooter, right? And the tree yeah. is in front of him and goes completely over his looks face. Looks like Mr. Blobby. Well, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. That one looks quite good. 
Because it, does, yeah, it doesn't oh, seem ah. to be buckling under the weight. Well, and a good strategy is to pull a hood up. Have a hood and a scarf and perhaps <laughs> a balaclava so you don't have, <laughs> you know, I suppose you could easily, play, you know, if you were a bit frisky at a Christmas party, you could say, oh, I was carrying a Christmas tree and someone says, why have you got all those marks there? Oh, Jackie Valino. What? She just said she hasn't got anyone to swap, but she'd have Mark any day. Jackie, I'm round yours. Where do you live? I'll be there <laughs> at about 3 p.m. <laughs> I've Get never, dinner on. Anne-Marie Shellard, I've never even seen anyone carry a tree. I'm the carrier. Uh, my nan, my nan came down to London. Same with my mum. And she carried the tree from Portobello Market all the way down to Blenheim Crescent. And I remember being catastrophic. I remember being so traumatised when she fell. She fell, I was so young, I was about six or something. Aww. She fell and she fell so oh, hard and she hurt. On the tree. And I was scream, carrying oh, it into no. the gutter. And I was screaming and this stall holder on Portobello came over and helped her. But I was just like... My nan's going to die. And it was like, it was terrible because at the same time I thought, nan's going to die and so is Christmas. <laughs> oh, everything's What's going. What's going with my presents? And I thought, if nan dies here, what do I do with the tree? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay. All right, I'm sure we'll come back to Christmas trees at some point. Well, there you go. Um, I won't be carrying a Christmas tree through the door. <laughs> or will I? Uh, yeah, as we were saying, Boris Johnson is at the COVID inquiry. Not a lot to be said. This will be filling all the front pages of the papers tomorrow. Um, but as he went in, protesters had to be thrown out as uh, they were uh, calling out and shouting out, um, you know, the dead can't hear you. Um, so, uh, so hang on, why were they thrown out? Where because they... it's a COVID inquiry and there are people you can have, it's like in a you know, oh, public in gallery. The... Oh, in the there's gallery. a public gallery Sorry, area. So, and I think there yeah. were protesters outside too. Yeah. Um, sign outside, read the dead, can't hear your apologies. They were ordered to leave the room by the chair, Lady Hallett. Um, but he does say very quickly, very early, it's only just started, I think. He said, I would, I have to confess that we got some things wrong. And he has already apologised for the, you know, uh, some of the mistakes that he's made, the pain and loss of life experienced during the pandemic. I mean, people were phoning in to Nick Fury, Nick, Fury, <laughs> Nick Ferrari today, um, saying, you know, they feel he should be held responsible for manslaughter. And Nick Ferrari was pushing back saying, you can't, uh, you know, you can have opinions on policy, you can have opinions on, you know, all these things, but can you really accuse him of manslaughter? Well, I think when you... <laughs> It's tonal, isn't it? It's not necessarily manslaughter in the true legal sense of the word, but morally, it was a, a morally sort of bankrupt behaviour at the back of what they were telling the rest of the the rest of the country. I think. Why? I mean, you can imagine those people that lost people, yeah, and you absolutely. know, I always think of Dina and her friend, the you know, the little girl that she taught who had cancer and actually died during the pandemic and wouldn't allow anybody to come to see her she was so mm. moral on it mm. that she said no we that's not right mm. and that breaks my heart every time I think about it, and you think of all those people and then you know the parties and when you think about those were people from all over the country at mm. was then going back out to the country having parties you know, potentially spreading right across, getting on trains, getting in. And so you can understand, I would feel that. Mm. So I think that those people's feelings have to be validated. And yes, you know, if you look into the detail, that's what it feels like to them. Mm. And that's Stuart, Stuart G, hope you're well, Stuart, says, I've got it on TV now. He is a twerp. He really is. <laughs> um, I think here's two things I want to, I always Hancock. feel. Yeah. Oh, two things that I always want to say about the whole kind of pandemic to pandemic COVID thing is, I think sometimes it's easy to forget that actually, and this is where I think it's really unforgivable how Boris and all that lot kind of behaved and have behaved since, and the tone, if you like. I think we were talking, we were saying in mm. the middle of it all, on our lives, 
there was a distinct lack of humanity or mm. empathy or the human aspect to it. It was it was automaton-like in its kind of mm. implementation, whether it be lockdown or whether it be, you know... Even I think it, they you, got you know, a little anything. drunk on the power of it because yeah. they did say, God, we were amazed how people yeah. did everything we told them. And, I think and the then they got a bit drunk on that power. Absolutely. And I, and, I, and I think one of the really sad things is, as a nation and as a population, and I think this isn't just the case for the Brits, but I think it's the case for many countries, I think most populations would have cut their governments some slack for recognising that God Almighty... This was moving fast, though, as mm. someone rightly pointed out again today on the radio, who had got COVID the December before we all knew it was a thing. And I'd said to you the December before we all knew mm. it was a thing, we there's a watching, thing in we, China. We were we were the most careful, weren't we? Yeah. I remember Kay were and first. I were the only two people yeah. at Loose Women that were saying, actually, I don't yeah. want to sit, actually, I'm going to do my own uh, makeup. And everyone was going... And I phoned, I phoned Maddie before she was going out to a big do on a night after a, a theatre theater show with her friends. Yeah. And I was like, be careful. And that was the night before. That was way before. And she got ill first with it. So, you know, they did move slowly. You have to look back. And they, they didn't take it seriously. They were... I think we would all cut them slack for sort of it being a first, you know... Listen, 100%. No one knew what was going to happen. 100% that there, for the grace of God, would any of us want to be making those decisions. And yes, there has to be some leeway for that. Right across the world, people, it was just unbelievable, wasn't mm. it? Closing airports, do you remember but that? But the arrogance yeah, yeah. that was going on was just... But as I say, I'm sure we'll be. I'm sure we'll be talking about that tomorrow. So the covered inquiry continues, and Boris is there. My worry, my struggle with Boris is he could, he say people say he's got the charm and he's got the gift of gab and he's got all that kind of stuff. But sometimes he's so sort of preeningly, obviously wanting to impress himself with his own smartness that you sort of think just feel something and share that feeling rather than performing. So um, he does frustrate me. Um, right. Okay. Uh, a, a cop twenty eight. This. I said to Nads this morning, I said, it's really hard, isn't it? When you look at the news and you see news stories like this and you think, well, that's not going to make people particularly festive. People aren't going to get, you know, it's going to be depressing. People get a bit down about it. And then you think, well, we try and touch upon everything that's significant and important. And I just thought one had to talk about this. And you found a really interesting piece about how climate anxiety is a real thing. And, you know, this is the, this is obviously off the back of the fact that at COP28, 200 scientists have warned that we are at a, such a huge rate, we're on the verge of a range of tipping points in the eco, you know, eco structure of the planet. That as they get sort of past the uh, the increase of the, you know, sort of the, the temperature increase, uh, you know, uh, global warming is, is going to increase even faster than normal. Just to put put it in some perspective, back in 2015, the goal was to not exceed 1.5 degrees centigrade increase uh, in global, you know, global warming. And we hit 1.5 this year. Now, it's important to stress, these, uh, these sort of targets or levels are a sort of aggregate of many years. So just because we've hit it this year doesn't mean we've hit it. Mm. But we've hit it sooner in a, the first year that we could hit it mm. than anyone has thought, which is leading them to think that by 2030, it'll be two degrees uh, that we get to. And there's this horrible sort of feeling that it's just going to keep moving like that, isn't it? Perhaps it, it, 2028 will be saying, well, in 2032, we're going to be at three. And so you can see that it's exponentially getting quicker and quicker and quicker. And the feeling of helplessness is just so keen because I read it and I literally want to turn off because I'm just like, what the hell? How do we do this? And then you think of your kids. Well, this is it. They say that, you know, Gen X. Yeah. And baby boomers, 
switch off from it completely. And if we really drill into that, it's kind of appalling. Mm. Because somewhere in there, you say, oh, well, I'll be gone. And um, we are ignoring the fact that um, Gen Z and millennials have this horrendous ticking clock. So any human being must engage with this because we all know somebody that's younger than us. And imagine what that's like for, you know, to hear that this 2030, you know, like you were saying, weren't, weren't you, that somewhere subconsciously, as, as these younger people are thinking and they go oh. to think about having a child or they go to think about what sort of grandmother they go to be or they go to... And then they have to stop. They just have to stop thinking into that future. They're, that's their feeling, isn't yeah. it? Well, I, I go further it's than that. It's just so awful. Yeah, I, oh, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Uh, Nanny Dye loved that film, Reese. Um, by the way, I'll, I'll drop your, uh, I want to drop you a quick email as well. Um, yeah, no, she says that film's very good. I mean, it's... I, I think I read something which was talking about this in a more sort of, in a, in a way, a sort of less even sort of conscious way. Mm. Youngsters aren't... Climate anxiety, apparently, some psychoanalysts and psychotherapists and mental health experts are suggesting that we're having... A, the generation that's coming through now, so say Kiki's generation, the younger Gen, gen Zers, yeah. uh, and whatever the next gen will be, um, they're not, it's not even like they think about the climate in a rational way and in a conscious way, and they mm. go, oh, my God, that's depressing. Mm. I'm making, kind of salient, I'm making mm. sentient decisions about, oh, I won't do this. What's happening is a sort of endemic unconscious of what's the pointness is creeping mm. in, and that is contributing yeah. to depression. Which, if you think and about you it, it would. And you talk to so many people that say, oh, I don't know what's wrong with my young person. You know, they're just so gloomy. They're just so this. And I, I don't, and I know that from conversations with people of my age are not taking it into consideration enough. That, of course, there are many brilliant people that are so engaged in this crisis and putting their lives on the line fighting and trying to make the world understand that our house is on fire and I just mm. applaud them and I am disgraced in myself that I don't do more. Mm. Um, but 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 I think just even if you don't want to be engaged in the fact that the house is on fire, you've got to be engaged in what's happening mm. to younger people and, and their mental health around it. And it is difficult because, like, right here now, you know, on this platform, we, we, we are constantly talking about things that we know people switch will switch over to another channel rather than here, whether that be talking about Gaza, whether that be talking about... But, you know, you've got to take that risk mm. because I think we turn away. There are so many things. There's more and more and more things that we turn away from because we just feel so powerless. But like what they say, what difference can I make, said 7 billion people. Mm. And you can make a difference by those small things and those conversations that you have and that engaging other people in it. It's, it's, it's very powerful. Mm. You know? Danica X, um, my daughter's never mentioned it. You see, I think it doesn't, it's not a topic of conversation because I think there's a hopelessness that is there. I They're... think they, if your child has social media, whatever age, they know about this but they don't, yeah, because it's fire it. and brimstone. It's coming like TikTok. Duh, duh, duh. And what do they do? I think a lot of people shut down about it because we try and shut them up about it. You know, like I will have mm. said when the girls were younger, but there's so much good being done and there's scientists working on it because I want 
I don't want them mm. to, to just feel paralysed with almost with the with the hopelessness of it. Mm. And so eventually they do stop talking to you about it because they think, well, I'm just going to be given a line here, yeah. you know. A li- or say a, a says, I, what I don't understand is why in Siberia we still live at minus 50 and nine months. Well, the, the, the thing about global warming is it doesn't necessarily, you, you could, I mean, I know what you're saying. It's the, by the same extension. It's like, well, why we, it looks like we could end up having one of the coldest uh, Christmases. It's the extremities. It's yeah. the lurching extremities. If you see a sort of cold period as part of a sort of holistic whole of the planet's kind of evolution across a year, let's not forget the concept of a year is something that we've imposed upon nature, you know. So this this idea of, you know, duration and how long it takes things to happen. Yeah, you might get so many rotations of the Earth and so many orbits of the of the sun and the moon might do this, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, um, these sort of cyclical moves or breathing patterns of the planet, whether it be cold in the north and hotter at the equator and, and so forth, those extremes can still happen. It's still fucking cold where it's cold. But also there are exactly. increasing at times of the year. So, for example, when I went up to apparently where where I first walked onto the snow ice, uh, the ice pack in the North Pole, and we you can only really do your kind of uh, missions to the North Pole when it is the, the Arctic summer, if you like. Where we landed and where we trudged off and set off on our journey, you couldn't now because there's no ice there. You know, the, for the first three days of our trek, we were just, it felt like rock, but we were on ice. Mm. And, and then you hit the last bit of rock and then you go back on ice, but that ice stays there. But the mm. ice packs are melting. So it's still cold, but that area of cold is up for not so long. And the permafrost, I know, in certain parts of Siberia, one of the biggest worries on the planet is that as things thaw, you know, ancient bacteria are released and there's all those kind of, you mm. know, no concerns too. And there's people here, so sorry, I didn't get your name. Should you know, I just, my baby's one. And you do, you know, it, 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 it's, 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 I, and how many people do you talk to about that worry? Mm. Because people shut down the conversation because nobody knows what to say. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows what to say. Yeah. And, you know, the world is so tipped and out of balance so that we have such extreme poverty that those countries where there are still huge emissions, you are not going to be able to go to the people that are, yeah. you know, using the one bit of kerosene that they have to cook them they, they're not then of course they're not going to be active in it mm. because they're just trying to get from one day to the next so you can't think about it without thinking about poverty yeah. and the terrible imbalance in the world so it is so just it's complicated yeah. but that doesn't mean we can't talk about it and dare i say for it. sorry i've lost your name who's in siberia i think one of the biggest problems that we have on this planet is that and we do it this is not criticism of you at all we see the weather we see and we assume that's the yeah. world and it's not and erin yeah. bullimore you make a very good point climate change doesn't affect the whole world the same way doesn't. and so you know depending on how that's evolving we'll do one time, day, yeah yeah no no exactly <laughs> It'll be well, a great leveler it'll be a huge ice age okay yeah. let's just i just want to quickly go via donald trump he was at the hustings yesterday and he stated one um, <laughs> he's good I'm going to be a dictator. He says on day one, if I'm elected, I'm going to be a dictator for a day. Just a day. What? Just a tiny, what? tiny day. I'm going to be a dictator for a day. I don't want to be a dictator forever. What's he going to do just, in that one just day? Just a don't day. terrify me yeah. further. Uh, former President Donald Trump uh, declined to rule out abusing power if he returns to the White House <laughs> after Fox News host Sean Hannetty asked him to respond to growing Democratic criticism of his rhetoric. He said, um, He said, Trump, um, under, uh, he says, so he was asked, under no circumstances you are promising America tonight you would never abuse power as retribution against anyone, would you, Donald Trump? And he said, well, except for a day, 
except for just day one. For day one, I'm going to be a dictator. I love this guy. It's just like... He's just going to come and revenge, yeah, avenge yeah. himself. And he said, and apparently he said, you're not going to be a... Di <laughs> uh, Trump then repeated as a social saying, I love this guy, he said of the Fox News host. He said, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? And I said, no, 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 other than day one, we're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. Drilling? Mm. Drilling. Uh, but at the same time, he also threw shade on Robert De Niro. He said, Robert De Niro, he's a total loser. <laughs> he's a total loser and his acting is bad. <laughs> he's just like, he goes here. No class. Robert De Niro's acting talents have greatly diminished. He's a sad man <laughs> and he's in trouble. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, there's... Oh, he's oh, the oh. epitome of somebody that's really stupid. Yeah. So always attacks people physically. Yeah. Or He's the epitome. <laughs> to me of a bully yeah he chooses something and then he just picks it he is the greatest bully and he's also nuts because he also said to robert de niro said he's become unwatchable <laughs> he's become unwatchable he's the he's one of the fools that's destroyed the academy awards and marie look says, at the ratings it, mark you're giving me the it <laughs> look at the ratings it's a it's a disaster that's enough on him okay um right quickly final one i spent a week drinking like a baby boomer says Kia Elise Green, 21, who I have to, and this is an important sort of caveat, she usually drinks twice a year, which to me sounds like not a lot. Uh, but what percentage of people of her age 26 don't 26% of Gen Zers. Do not drink. Do not drink, a teetotal. So anyway, so she decided as essentially one of those 26%. Because I've grown up with a lot more knowledge about what's, what drinking actually does, does, which we didn't have exactly. when we were growing up. So she decided that she would spend a week drinking like a baby boomer. Um, and we can be loose with that definition. So we can include me and lads in that category. Um, so, so what did she do? So she essentially didn't... I, so I went into this article thinking, oh, right, OK. So she drank like me as a baby boomer. I just drank too much at the, all the time. <laughs> so I was thinking, you're a better example. So someone who maybe drinks too much at the weekend, has heavy nights. She didn't. She All she did was drink the recommended unit intake, as in what they say the maximum amount is you should have. 14 units. Over, over, but she did it, what she did, which was she doesn't normally do, is she did it every day of the weekend or, or for the week. So she had seven drinks Yeah. in one go. Yeah. For somebody that doesn't drink. Yeah. And she did it for the week. She, she said she, she did it for, for a week. But she didn't remove things so like scary. eating healthily or going to the gym. And she said, she yeah. said that she felt like it aged her by 10 years. That's drinking the recommended amount on a healthy body of a 21-year-old. Um, but she's had oh. no time to get used to it. <laughs> she's got, had no time to get used to it, exactly. So, yeah, so, so she's written this. It's just interesting. There's an interesting piece about how, I think, in a weird way, we've become so used to the sheer volume that we drink. Yeah. And, you know, there's that often that thing. We're, um, we're, we're going to do... Well, we'll talk about that when Nadia's back. We're going to talk about two lives we're going to do across the Christmas period. But I think something that creeps into... I don't know if any of our sort of seasoned drinkers here feel this. You know, this idea of... I mean, our girls use it. But, you know, if someone drinks and gets drunk quickly, it's like they're a lightweight. Or, and apparently, you know, in this article, one of the GPs or experts that they talk to talks about how if your tolerance is low, it's, it's kind of your body doing you a huge favour. And her tolerance would have been very low because she yeah. didn't get used to it. Now, that doesn't mean that, that it's better. It means that your body is like 
Mm. It's just immune to it. Like, it would take a lot for me to get drunk. So I, I always remember thinking, now. God, it's like after one drink, she's drunk. And this was with, or he's drunk. And this was with people who, way before they could have already become alcoholics, although, of course, you can become an alcoholic by the age of 16. But, you know, so but there wasn't that sort of... But what you can do is if, if you quickly get drunk and so you're a lightweight... Uh, um, you can, over time, build up your kind of resilience so that you can end up drinking more and more. But of course, the damage it's doing to you because you started out not with, with, with a very, very low tolerance, that's where it starts to really, really potentially destroy you. And it's weird and it's interesting because I think there's a huge connection to be made between people who start out drinking and get drunk really quickly, very easily, because of course, no one comes out of the womb having had a drink. Yeah. And when you have become a seasoned alcoholic, going hell for leather like I did... By the end, some nights you could drink everyone under yeah. the table and keep going, but other nights One you drink. were back to that first stage where your body's tolerance has just gone. So if you're one of those people who feels, oh, well, you know, it's only every now and then, just keep an eye on, eye out for how many times, it feels like your tolerance has completely crashed. So who here thinks they might be a binge drinker? Because... My problem is I used to drink so heavily. Uh, you know, I had a real problem with alcohol. And now, I mean, Dina just is like constantly, oh, you don't drink, you don't drink. Because I'm, I'm, I'm I, like, Dina can have a drink at 11 o'clock in the morning and still function. I couldn't do that. Um, not that she does, but no, she No, 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 no. But um, I, I don't most, I, I'd never drink really in the evening. If I do, I'll have like a thimble full of wine mm. or something. But... You know, on a Friday, when I do loose women, I quite often go for a drink with the girls, a couple of drinks, and then I might have a couple of drinks on a Saturday, right? Guess what? I am a binge drinker because of that. Because binge drinking for women is four or more drinks consumed on one occasion. For men, binge drinking is five or more drinks consumed on one occasion so for me four drinks that means I binge drink most Fridays mm. right because if I go and have a glass of wine say and um, a gin and tonic that is about five units mm. right so we have got too much in our head haven't we that binge drinking is somebody lying outside a pub blood yeah, drunk yeah, yeah, legs yeah. in the air but medically speaking, like what you're fucking your body, how you're fucking up your body, is five drinks. Mm. And so I binge drink every weekend. But I don't want to drink less than that. Because I like that. Mm. And therein lies the problem of alcoholism. <laughs> so technically, am I an alcoholic? Um, no. No, because the cost to you isn't more than having... The cost might be an evening where you're, or a morning where you're feeling a bit groggy, but it's not like you wake up the next day and seek more alcohol out to undo the kind of oh, perils right. of yes, the day no, before. In the world, yeah. but in my body. Oh, your body thinks you're... In a, you're my a, body? Well, I don't think, you think your body thinks you're an alcoholic. I think your body probably... I, well, to be honest with you, I think probably... You have had... You, you've had issues around food. Is, big, is a bigger risk for breast cancer than HRT, did you know that? But you have a compulsive, 
you've had a compulsive relationship with food and drink over the years, on and off. So I would say there are alcoholic or addictive yeah. tendencies. But I think Since everyone. Since my has ADHD it. diagnosis and my medication, I I just don't have the compulsion to drink. Mm -hmm. I fought the compulsion for a long time, but I don't have it. I enjoy a couple of drinks. Mm. That's where I'm at. I enjoy a couple of drinks. More than that, like yesterday I had three drinks and I don't like being a little bit off key this morning, just a bit, nothing terrible, but just a bit like, mm. but my body is in full, like, yeah, but what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to do two lives. We haven't done a mental health live for a while. We've done, we've done pre-records about mental health stuff and addiction and what have you. But Nadia, you're going to do something about um, food and body image, is that right? And I'm going to be doing something about drinking and Christmas, because I think Christmas is a really tricky time. We've said it happens every year, it comes up every year. We have a, you know, we have years of sobriety and experience, experience and mistakes under our belts. Um, and sometimes, you know, a share is like an AA meeting for me, where me just sharing in stuff and us talking, but actually interacting with each other. So we'll let you know when that's going to happen, and we'll uh, post it all on our Instagrams. But you're, are you going to do something similar? Is that right? I keep toying with, because, you know, I'm 60 next year, I keep toying with, why don't I go alcohol-free in my 60s? So are you doing a live? Just and to then be... I think, on your birthday. Yeah, but you can, oh, sorry, I'm just asking, in terms of if they know you, are you yeah. going to do a live? Re I, I don't know, I suppose I'm trying to say what it is you're doing, but I don't know, quite know. Oh, I, I, I want to set up, it will kick off with a live, uh, just generally, but what I want to do is, I want to set up a weekly live mm. where we, and, and Mark's thinking of doing this as well, where we, a bit like, a bit like an AA meeting, but not an AA meeting, mm. where we can each week just talk about the fuck-ups of the week with body image and all of that so it won't necessarily be me talking for the whole time but like reading out and sharing back and forth with no solutions but just sometimes by hearing other people you can when you hear the similarities in other people it can help you see mm. what you're doing to yourself so around the whole stinking mm. thinking sort of stuff mm. so um i'm thinking of doing that and i'm really trying to encourage mark that i think he should do one for men because I think body image with men is just becoming, you know, a bigger and bigger thing every week mm. because the pressure is now spreading to them as well. Okay, so it's nowhere near as bad as it is for women. Mm. And please God, it never does get that way. But I think that there's space for that for men. Of weekly, that's sort of weekly check-in. Because originally we were thinking about doing it together and I said, no, I don't think that's right because I think men will feel squeezed out of the conversation. Mm. Well, so, so I think... And I think women will. I think it's one of those where it's better, but we could occasionally do a mixed one. I was going to say, you could do a visit every now and Yeah, and I think occasionally do a mixed one. And, and even encourage the female one to go over to the men and the men to go over sometimes and watch the recording. Well, and but it's I about understanding each other, absolutely. I mean, I find it fascinating to hear where, you know, where you're at. I also, th I do think the, re the, the merit of having like a, a couple of shared ones is because there's massive crossover. We yeah. have some similar problems around alcohol. We could have... You know, it's a kind of lottery that you didn't go down the route of becoming a complete raging alcoholic, mm. you know, as well as me. I mean, you could have done easily. Mm. So, But know, we are going to do an alcohol chat together because yeah. in the run-up to Christmas, so me as the the missus of um, an alcoholic, I hate calling you an alcoholic because I don't think you are an alcoholic. Well, you're recovered. That's what I said. Um, 20 years, 19 years, 20 years sober. But I know a lot of people around this time of year absolutely have the dread of Christmas because, mm. of course, it's a huge excuse for people that struggle with alcohol to go completely fucking mad with yeah. it. And yeah. it's frightening yeah. and it's all those things. So 
We're going to do that as a two-hander. Okay. And we have got lots of lovely comments. If you haven't uh, left a dilemma or a Christmas-related dilemma for the Agony Aunt and Agony Uncle podcast, the link is beneath this live and most lives in the uh, description box. Um, I've already seen there's a few who've come through, which are really, really, really powerful stuff to, for us to, to discuss. Um, it's oh, not necessarily well lighthearted, but it will have a festive feel. Danica's mum sobered yesterday for 10 years. Wow. Give Congratulations to Danica's mum. Maybe she'd like to join the live. Yeah, and just, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get back to carrying my Christmas tree <clears> and I'm going to go and find a lumberback. And lumberback I've got shirt. some filming to do with Dina. Oh, 